0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Really glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Good, bad, crazy martinis for you again today. And Jim, the good news is some House Democrats might actually be prepared to do the responsible thing. We haven't seen it on much so far this year, certainly not on COVID relief and uh, HR1, uh, the other pieces of terrible legislation that are headed to the Senate, and we're all chewing our fingernails on as to whether the filibuster will hold or not. But one issue that seems to be drawing at least a little bit of bipartisan effort here is whether or not to kick out the Republican member of Congress from Iowa's 2nd Congressional District. We talked about this race a couple different times Last year, Marionette Miller-Meeks, the Republican, won the race by six, yes, six votes against Democrat Rita Hart. And you know Rita Hart is a person of high integrity, Jim, when she doesn't challenge the results further in court. Nope, she appeals it straight to the Democratic majority in the House of Representatives, which does ultimately have the say on who gets seated. Pelosi agreed to seat Miller-Meeks at the time of the swearing-in back in January, but the uh, the appeal is playing out now. Politico Playbook reporting, I believe yesterday, a source close to the process confirmed to Playbook that the effort to oust Marionette Miller-Meeks in favor of Rita Hart has been blessed by the top echelons of House Democratic leadership. Well, that's obviously not good news. But what is good news is that some... Moderate-ish Democrats are saying, yeah, I don't really like this idea. Some saying not at all. Susan Wild from a swing district in Pennsylvania says, quote, As I have said before in connection with the 2020 presidential election, legislators should be heeding state certifications of their elections. Unless there is rampant error and substantial evidence thereof, I do not believe it is the role of House members to dictate the outcome of elections. So there is a little bit of wiggle room there. Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey is co-chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus uh, tells Politico he has "quote deep reservations." The strongest statement is coming from Dean Phillips of Minnesota, who said, "quote Losing a House election by six votes is painful for Democrats, but overturning it in the House would be even more painful for America." He's the only Democrat so far to come out against any effort whatsoever to overturn the result. So, Jim, given all the uh, the the, the Democrats' response to. Republican questions about the presidential race last year and certainly right as the Senate takes up what the Democrats are calling their effort to save democracy with HR1 which is nationalizing elections uh at the state level in a lot of different ways but uh here they're willing to say yeah six votes what's the big deal let's go ahead and kill it
1: Yeah. I mean, the good martini today is that if you've ever looked at Democratic members of the House or or Democratic office holders in general and said, come on, even they have to recognize there's a glaring hypocrisy here. Even they have to recognize that what they are doing in this one situation is morally indistinguishable and, and logically and factually indistinguishable from what they're doing in this other situation that they're denouncing clearly they can't think they can get away with this and at least a handful of house democrats have, have you know they want to say woken up and smell the coffee or or you know the smelling salts have been applied they now recognize wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute we've spent every day since election day denouncing donald trump for not recognizing the results of an election for not recognizing court decisions for attempting to Overturn an election through sheer force and not respecting the will of the people, not respecting court decisions. And now we're going to do the exact same thing in this house race. What happens when you usually lose a really close house race is you say, darn it. And then your candidate says, OK, well, now I know I just need to do a little bit better than I did last time. The nice thing about losing a race by a little bit is you say, OK, well, now here's a district put in a bunch of money. Clearly, we've got a candidate who came very, very close to winning. And you just got to accept, you take the L and move on, which seems to be this new rallying cry on Twitter these days. If you've ever seen somebody get something wrong, and then they keep backfilling and they keep insisting that no, they're right. There was this idiotic journalism professor who got into a fight with Ramesh the other day, my colleague Ramesh Panuru, because he posted a picture of a huge crowd at the beach and it turned out uh, and say, oh, this is why we're going to you know, have to shut down schools in the fall. Nobody's on, you know, Florida's out of control. And also, and of course the picture's from like 2017 or something like that. It was, it was like years ago, it's pre-pandemic. Um, and so Ramesh called him out on it and he kept saying, well, look, just because that photo wasn't accurate doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> it's like, just take the loss, accept it. In this case, there are a handful of House Democrats who recognize, look, you've got the House majority. Now you're probably, you know, you're only within five or six seats of losing it. Um, in, in the 2022 elections, but you look at this district in, in Iowa and say, you know what, we've got a really good chance of win- of knocking off the, the Republican incumbent in 2022. And that's what you put all your effort in. If you do this, you undermine everything you're doing. You give Republicans this, you know, if, I don't think they're gonna go ahead with this. I think there are enough House Democrats who are gonna say, the cost is not worth another seat. Now, by the way, if the election had shaken out 218 to 217, Republicans had the majority or something like that. Then maybe, or, or, or Republican Democrats had been in danger of losing at a, 2, a 218 majority, uh, and were afraid they'd lose control with a vacancy or something, then maybe Democrats would find the the, you know, the risk would be worth it. In this case, it's very clear it is not worth it to the Democrats. And at least some of them can recognize this, and I suspect will save Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the House Democrats from their own worst instincts.
0: You know, what's interesting here, Jim, and first of all, I, I agree with exactly what you said there. I don't see a lot in this uh, Politico thing about uh, Pelosi or anybody else. I think Zoe Lofgren is uh, chair of the administration panel that will look at this uh, case. I don't see any quotes from any of them saying, oh, the evidence is really compelling here. It's just, yeah, we're going to do this. <laughs> and so that's not a, a very good sign. This Politico piece does say that there's 22 ballots in question, which Hart says should be counted. Uh, even though they weren't counted in all the the wrangling and appeals that, that went up to the certification deadline. And so if those had been counted, she would have won. And I, I guess if they go forward with this, that's what they'll they'll hang their hat on. But this is a very rare thing to happen. I, I believe that the story said 110 times a House race has been appealed to the House of Representatives. Only three times has the appeal actually been granted. And so in this political climate, and especially what we just went through with the presidential race, I can't imagine how volcanic this is going to be. But Democrats have uh, proven very able at hypocrisy, Jim. We sat on the filibuster. And uh, in terms of election integrity, I don't see any reason for them to be expected to stay consistent on that either. They should, but they won't.
1: Yeah. And keep in mind, you know, this is Iowa. The caucus was a mess last time around, but that's run by the Democratic Party. This was counted, it was recounted. They had all kinds of court battles. Iowa did not just willy-nilly just decide, oh, we think this candidate won, you know, like they've had every legitimate opportunity to go through and sort out, okay, do we think this, uh, you know, do, do we, you know, was there any ballots that were missed or any ballots that were uh, not counted who should have been, you know, there's plenty of reasons to, you know, to sort this out. There's no reason to believe the wrong winner is here. And, you know, look, we are now in March. The Republican member of Congress has cast a lot of votes here. Um, coming forward and say, oh, we've just decided as a majority party, you should not um, do it that way. It's just not going to, to, to fly. And I suspect uh, uh, even the Democrats can kind of recognize how uh, bad this would look if they completely undo everything they did after the uh,
0: 2020 election. At least they declared a winner in this race. You know, with the caucuses, it's been sheer chaos over the past few cycles. The last two times the Democrats did the caucuses, we don't really know who won. Could have been Bernie, could have been Buttigieg time before that, it was a bunch of coin flips. 2012, Santorum against Mitt. We still don't really know who won. Maybe it was Santorum. He found out about a month later when it did him no good. Anyway, so so they actually had a winner this time. So that's good, we think, as long as it stays that way. Jim, speaking of good things, we need to know what we're putting into our bodies. Nutrition is key, and so is what we take in terms of multivitamins. A lot of times, though, you don't know. It could be sugars, GMOs. Allergens, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, but not with ritual multivitamins. That's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. Plus, the fresh taste and the delayed release capsule makes taking your vitamins easy and actually pleasant. Uh, I just got my third bottle of monthly multivitamins from Ritual. It does have a better taste than most multivitamins have. It's got a lot of stuff in there that you know is going to help to keep you healthy. B12, vitamin D, zinc, always good for the immune system. And so uh, it's not something you have to think a lot about. It's got good stuff in it. They do it the right way. Ritual's a great product. Now, a multivitamin
1: should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use in order to help fill gaps in your diet. No shady extras. And Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high-quality nutrients, including vitamin D3, in just two daily pills. And Ritual's made traceable, which means you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from, thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind,
0: visible supply chain. So get your key nutrients without the usual garbage. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com martini to start your ritual today. All right, Jim, let's move to our bad martini now. And horrifically, for the second time, and I think less than a week, we've had a major mass shooting. You and I talked about the mass shooter In Atlanta, who was suffering from uh, sexual addiction that he was uh, struggling with, obviously, somehow blamed massage parlors for it, attacked three of them, killed people at three different massage parlors. Uh, Six of the eight victims were Asian. The media is trying to turn this into a racial issue, and as you pointed out uh, in a recent piece, uh, why he targeted them could have some component to that, but it doesn't seem to be the main factor, but uh, obviously a debate has broken out on that in a number of fronts, and then yesterday in Boulder, Colorado, at a King Supers grocery store, uh, for motives we still don't know, I don't believe, uh, 10 people... Gunned down, uh, others injured, uh, shooter taken into custody. So maybe he'll talk and explain what happened here. Uh, and, and so, Jim, you got families devastated in, in two major metropolitan areas here. And, and people are fearing that as we continue to open up, we're going to be back to the scourge of mass shootings. Hopefully, that's not the case. But of course, as has been the pattern now with a lot of these mass shootings, The instant knee-jerk reaction continues. The gun control crowd instantly says that this is why we need tougher and tougher uh, restrictions on access to Second Amendment rights, Uh, and other folks are looking for other reasons. Uh, Was it mental illness? Was it this? Was it that? We'll find out. It's a case-by-case situation. Uh, Obviously, people who resort to these things have reached some sort of mental state where they're clearly not thinking the way we would consider it normal. So there's there's some level of, of mental problem going on there. But whether it's clinical or not is another question. And so it's horrific to see these continue to happen. And it's maddening that the instant reaction to it means we're likely never going to have a serious conversation, an honest conversation about how to really stop this. Because usually in these situations, uh, changing gun control laws might not have made much of a difference at all.
1: Yeah. Now the irony is I I had been debating writing something about how we were seeing the the conversation in the aftermath of the Georgia massage parlor shootings, because we saw a lot of people insisting, ah, this was anti-Asian hatred. And this is, you know, because Trump called it the China virus and stuff like that. And I, you know, that's clearly the the FBI director, Christopher Wray said this was, did not appear to be, you know, driven by racial hatred, but I also kind of note that, you know, the perpetrator did it he said he had sex addiction issues and he said that he was you know i'm sure he saw these massage parlors as you know temptresses that were trying to make him feel these things you know here's the thing it's it's possible that this guy's attitude towards sex are sort of tied into how he views asian women and how he views asian women are tied into how he thinks about sex But putting even that particular case aside, there's this rush to decide something terrible has happened. It must have happened for the reasons that I dislike the most. And you have this rush to tie it to the political figure who is least liked right now. It could be Trump, uh, the Tucson shooter that they tried to connect to Sarah Palin's Facebook post, uh, after Omar Mateen went through the shooting of the Pulse nightclub, the instant reaction of a lot of folks was, ah, this is anti-gay bigotry. This is because of Republican opposition to gay marriage. And of course, the guy you know, told police on the 911 call that he was a member of ISIS. So we have this terrible shooting out in Colorado, and there's you know, instantly you saw people saying, ah, this is another example of white nationalism. This is another example of white supremacist violence look, we don't know the motive yet, but I don't think it's quite that simple because it turns out the shooter's name is Ahmad El Isa. Now, I was just talking to somebody right before we started taping, Greg. We, you know, people hear that, oh, you know, first of all, a lot of people go, oh, <laughs> that's not the, re- this is not a case of uh, white supremacist violence, at least doesn't appear to be. Um, you assume that that's you know, an Arab name. We don't know where the person's religion was. And I think it's kind of interesting that people see that, oh, then a lot of people would say, oh, well, it must've been jihadist violence. It may have been jihadist violence. We don't know that yet. It may not have been jihadist violence. Arab Americans and Muslim Americans can go out and shoot people for completely secular reasons. And I kind of feel like that's the sort of scenario that nobody really likes to think about too much Folks on the left don't like to think about it because it disrupts the narrative of uh, Arabs or Muslims being victims of this country that is xenophobic and hateful and intolerant and, and all that stuff. And people on the right probably don't like to think about that too much in part because a lot of people on the right are invested in this mentality of, of vehemently opposing jihadism in all its forms. And it's kind of, wait, the guy's Arab, but he didn't do it in the name. He didn't scream Allah Akbar. He didn't do, what was it? Wait, he's not a member. He didn't pledge loyalty to ISIS or Al Qaeda or anything like that. He's just, he's just a routine maniac shooter who just happened to be Arab, but you know, that's a scenario we haven't really thought through in this country. Um, the And I kind of get frustrated how quickly something terrible like this happens. And we get tied into these debates of, ah, oh, you know, the, the motive was X or no, the motive was Y. And first of all, it doesn't make any difference to the people who've been killed or their families. It doesn't make any difference to the people who've been traumatized by all this. And kind of in the, what was his motive It's sort of like, well, if we can figure out the motive, we can figure out what the trigger was. And if we can avoid that trigger, then people won't go on shooting sprees. The problem is the kind of people who are inclined to go on on shooting sprees, um, one study of them characterized them as grievance collectors. Right, They're, They're looking for an excuse. They're looking for a reason. And all of them have this same mentality of I have been so wronged that I am justified in going out and killing other people. And the shooter, mass shooters have been done so over frustrations in the workplace. They've done so over relationships. They've done so uh, school shooters who complained about bullies. Now lots of people have frustrations in the workplace. Lots of people have relationship issues. Probably everybody has a relationship issues at one point or another. Uh, lots of people were bullied in school and they don't necessarily go out and go on a shooting spree. So this idea that, oh, I had no choice. The, the, you know, this idea of these bad things happened to me and thus I was justified to go out and commit mass murder. That's nonsense but I kind of have this frustrating sense that we are these arguments about the motive lend credibility to the notion that, oh, well, there's some, there's some motivation out there that's more justifiable than others, or there's some that are less justifiable than others. And let me tell you, nothing's justifiable for going out and trying to shoot lots of people. It's deeply frustrating, I, you know, I, I, a lot of, oh, this is why the country needs to talk about its gun problem. Well, okay, it's, it's a gun problem, but you know, Christmas day, that guy blew up downtown Nashville. Thankfully, he didn't kill anybody other than himself. Because he was afraid of lizard people, you know. Like we, you know, if if these guys don't somehow, if we if we got them to stop using guns, and instead they started using bombs, we would not be necessarily in a better situation. They started using knives, we would not necessarily be in a significantly better situation. The problem is people who decide that my act of violence is justified, and I'd really like to figure that out. I think it's a mental health component. I think it's also just this. People need coping skills. People need an ability to get through adversity in life to not reach this point of utter despondency and rage to the point where they take it out on everyone. Uh, It's a complicated problem, Greg. And I feel like every single time it happens, the debate afterwards gets even more simplistic and further from uh, addressing the real issues.
0: Yes. And of course, as, as I said at the beginning, uh, people go back to, and we see this not just on guns, Jim, it's basically every issue. We saw it with the pandemic as well, COVID relief and, and a lot of other areas. Whatever just happened is further proof that we need to do what I wanted to do in the first place. Uh, and you get things that sound good, like Senator Bennett from Colorado. I, I'm, I'm sure he's uh, horrified by what happened. Everybody should be. He simply says, enough is enough well, okay, we would love to stop that, uh, but what's that going to look like? I mean, other folks on the pro-Second Amendment side are saying, look, King Supers says you can't bring a gun into the store. Boulder's a very liberal city. Uh, Denver is too. I'm guessing they're, they have some gun laws on the books that you and I probably wouldn't agree with. And so would that have actually stopped anything? It's always the next thing that they say would, would put a stop to these things, and that's just not the case. It's more complicated than, than people want to admit.
1: I also get really frustrated by any, you know, argument that gets into the neighborhood because uh, whenever you're presented with a complicated problem in society, who's responsible for X problem? We're all responsible for X <laughs> right. problem. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know who's responsible? The guy who picked up the gun and started shooting people. That's the guy who's responsible, you know, and there's kind of this. There's a certain eagerness to get people uh, to, to you spread around blame, you spread around responsibility, which is another way of making sure that nobody really takes any responsibility.
0: Exactly right. It all has to fit the pre-existing narrative, and it's just so exhausting, especially when real lives are lost in these situations. All right, well, let's talk about something much happier, and that is the quality and the deals you can get from MyPillow. But MyPillow is a lot more than just great pillows. They give the same attention to their towels and sheets. And right now, Three Martini Lunch listeners can buy one, get one free on all six-piece towel sets and the Giza Dream Sheet sets. MyPillow towels
1: have a proprietary technology that makes those towels highly absorbent. They're soft to the touch without that lotion-y feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. They're washable, they're dryable, and they have seven colors to choose from.
0: Just started using the towels this week. I mentioned this yesterday. Really good. Really absorbent. Really soft. Love them. The MyPillow Giza Dream sheets, also made with the world's best cotton, making them ultra soft and breathable. The sateen weave gives them a very luxurious finish. Also comes with a 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. Washable and dryable in a wide variety of colors and sizes. Go to MyPillow.com to learn more and to order right now three Martini Lunch listeners. can get all six-piece towel sets and Giza sheets. Buy one, get one free. Use the promo code MARTINI at checkout or call 800-874-0104. That's mypillow.com, code martini, or call 800-874 for buy one, get one free on all six-piece towel sets and Giza Dream Sheets. All right, Jim, we talked about the left and their post-election insanity when it comes to Iowa, too. I guess it's uh, equal time for the right now. Uh, Sidney Powell has been sued by Dominion for defamation in terms of what she said Dominion did to alter the vote in key states in last year's presidential elections. She famously vowed to release the Kraken of evidence that would prove that uh, the election was rigged by Dominion at numerous levels. Well, Dominion didn't like that. Dominion is suing her for a lot of money. I don't remember the exact total, Jim, but it's more than she has. I can promise you that. So... Powell is now asking for the suit to be tossed, but her reason is a bit head-scratching here, Jim. In her statement, it says, Determining whether a statement is protected involves a two-step inquiry. Is the statement one, which can be proved true or false? And would reasonable people conclude that the statement is one of fact in light of its phrasing, context, and the circumstances surrounding its publication? Analyzed under these factors, no reasonable person would conclude that the statements were truly statements of fact. Also, the motion to dismiss included a raft of legal precedent supporting the view that political speech lies at the core of First Amendment protection. Quote, additionally, in light of all the circumstances surrounding the statements, their context, and the availability of the facts on which the statements were based, it was clear to reasonable persons that Powell's claims were her opinions and legal theories on a matter of utmost public concern. And so, Jim, I mean, she was uh, talking about Venezuela and uh, military intelligence and all sorts of other things involved with uh, how things uh, were cooked with uh, with the Dominion results back in November. So it seems odd for a lawyer to make this argument, but essentially she's saying here, Jim... I can't believe you could sue me for defamation. In fact, you can't do that because, come on, that means you actually believed what I said. That's silly. Yeah, I mean, when she says
1: no reasonable person could consider that to be a fact, yeah, I agree. That, that wasn't really her message then, though. They, you know, her, back then, it was, oh, no, it's totally, you know, that, that, that she, there was. It, it's kind of like, ha-ha, I was joking all along. No, no. Uh, when you see people get in really bad trouble, uh on the internet you know they'll say oh look it was satire uh, well you know or it was a joking you know and all kind of stuff This kind of uh instantaneous reversed attempt to uh uh avoid being you know uh, for, for instance when they realize they've, they've gotten in trouble but well, they don't want to admit that they said something genuinely stupid um it is fascinating you know, this is not really surprising to anybody who watched it at the time although i do remember Certain readers who were really po to me when I said that there was no kraken, that there was no overwhelming evidence of vote fraud, that none of these were holding up in court, and uh, that there was, you know, that the, 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 you know, the metaphorical kraken that Sidney Powell was going to unveil was about as real as the, you know, legendary kraken, the giant sea monster that, you know, never existed. And we have this. Uh, it, it is just kind of fascinating to see her say in a legal document. Oh good heavens, no one possibly could have believed me. No one could have possibly claimed that I was making a statement. thought that I was making a statement of fact. This was all a theory and it was very clear at the time. Actually, it really wasn't clear at the time. She people people believed her. People believed that she had uh some sort of secret information or she had the goods and, and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, there we are. This is not shocking, but I do think anybody who did buy into Sidney Powell at the time probably should. Like I, I sometimes say the snarky, but I genuinely mean like just you know, take I used to say sit in the corner and you think about what you did, you know, contemplate your error, the error of your ways and in, in quiet contemplation. You know, just if, if you did buy into it, it's kind of a, a, a glaring lesson into the dangers of seeing what you want to see. And believing what you want to believe, and not wanting to acknowledge something that's very painful and frustrating, which is that you were really invested in Donald Trump winning, and that you didn't want to hear anybody saying that he was on his pace to lose, and you didn't want to believe the polls were wrong. And uh, Trump did do better than a whole bunch of the polls, but all in all, that's uh, you know that that in the end he did not win, and there was not mass you know massive conspiracy to cheat him out of victory, and that's you know that's where we are. So. Uh, I like On the one hand, there's a little bit of chuckling over this. On the other hand, it's rather sad that she managed to, so many people, you know, chose to believe her and ended up in this kind of uh, state of alternate reality, a, a belief in something that was always kind of fantastical and was, uh, you know, never based in what was publicly available, publicly known, verifiable facts, you know, to say nothing of what was going on in the courtrooms.
0: The question in my mind, Jim, is, is this actually going to be an effective defense? I'm guessing she could have gone with, you know, I thought I had trustworthy sources who looked like they were going to deliver the goods. Turns out they didn't. Um, I'm guessing that might not work very well in court, but uh, maybe a, (laughs) I was just kidding, uh, has a better chance. Although (laughs) I'm not sure that has a good chance either. I would say, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This
1: is probably the single most damaging defense you could have. They're all bad defenses, but maybe this one is the worst. Uh, Jim,
0: on that note, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. Please tell your friends about us as well. Always grateful for those five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Remember, you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday and please join us Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch.
1: Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
0: All right, well, let's talk about some more good news, and that's 4Patriots, where you can find them at 4Patriots.com slash martini and find all the great deals, including getting a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. As we always say with 4 Patriots, you need to be prepared because you just don't know when the power is going to go out. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X is worth its weight in gold because it has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run all the big appliances like your fridge, your freezer, and medical devices. Comes with 12 outlets, including four AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Never needs gas, thanks to that solar panel. Fume-free, silent, and safe. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Visit 4Patriots.com Martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included plus get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com/martini. That's 4patriots.com/martini. Why are so few singers protesting Hamas? Five for Fightings John Andrassic has an answer. Talk
1: to some managers and folks and, and I have and you know there's certain iconic artists that in other times would be writing these songs. I'm like, "Where are they?" And they say, "Well, you know, they're scared. They're scared for their families." They're scared that their concerts will be protested. But those are the same arguments people used in 1938. Hear more on the Hollywood and Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. Find it on iTunes or your favorite audio platform.